Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of One Too Many with your host, Kyle Glenn. That's me. Gosh, what an exciting time to be doing this podcast. Uh, If you haven't watched my intro video already, you're going to just get a glimpse of uh, what this podcast is all about today. I have my great friend, Jesus Gonzalez, on the show, a man who I have gotten to know uh, pretty well over the past year. Uh, He is a concierge here in New York City. If you are a visitor, a tourist, or even somebody living here, he is able to provide a fun, fulfilled night for you, uh, taking you out to certain clubs, restaurants, or any other event or space that you would like to go to uh, throughout your time in New York City. This man is born and raised in the Dykeman neighborhood, technically Washington Heights, but Dykeman claims it their own. Um, Very well-cultured man. He travels the world. He knows good food. He knows good nightlife. Uh, And to get to know a little bit about the concierge life was fun today. I didn't really know much about it. He's actually the first concierge that I've met in New York City uh, over my six years living here and working in nightlife. a super genuine dude, uh, very cool, very knowledgeable. In this episode, like I said, we get to know a lot about his his work as a concierge. We get to know about his life growing up and what that transition was like coming from uptown and uh, immersing himself into the downtown nightlife culture. Very, very different from uptown New York, if you know anything about New York. We go over that in this episode, so you can get a little knowledge on that. And we also talk about some insider uh, things that you might not ever even known have happened, or uh, if you did know what happened, you get a little more insight into a couple things like the Met Gala after party at the Standard Hotel in 2021, and a couple other nightlife stories that we have for you. So tune in. Thank you for coming. Thank you for showing your support. This is a totally fun episode, and it's only a glimpse of what is going to be happening more in the future where we take this puppy. So please stay tuned and enjoy the episode. I welcome you to Jesus Gonzalez. But anyways, we got Cheers. motherfucking Jesus Gonzalez. Speaking of drinking, man, I'm so glad that I've met you through this kind of work. Um, I'm glad that we've been able to uh, get to know each other a bit more, and we're going to do that even more today. Yep. Um, you know, I met Jesus. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Let's get this. Let's get this straight. Do you prefer to be called Jesus? Is that actually? The pronunciation of your if, name. If I had a nickel, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you had no, a nickel. The, the, <laughs> the short version of the story, my father was um, Jesus. Mm-hmm. My mother had no intention of naming me um, Jesus throughout her pregnancy. And like to the day I was born, didn't know what she was going to name me. Something told her to name me Jesus. She says that God spoke to her. But she was adding, and my mother's very big on being Americanized. I'm a first-generation American, but she's, like, came here for a reason. So, like, decided, all right, I'll name you Jesus, but it has to be pronounced Jesus. Like, you're named after your father, but it has to be pronounced That's Jesus. crazy, bro. So, like, all, every first day of school growing up, it was, that, I'd get that question. And even to this day, <laughs> first introductions... I get the question. Yeah. I'm sitting in the shower when I'm coming here. I'm like thinking of taglines. I'm like, 
His name is Jesus. He ain't going to save you, but he'll take <laughs> you to his manger. <laughs> <laughs> See, at least I, I'll give you that. At least some originality. <laughs> you don't know the Jesus jokes that I deal with. Je- <laughs> Jesus, let me take you to my manger. Right, I'll take that. <laughs> Literally gonna That's the it. closing line. That's your closing line with a, any girl at the club. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm taking that from you. What are you? <laughs> 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 Thank you. You want to go hit the manger? <laughs> <laughs> I've said worse. Oh, I mean, it, 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 it can only help my game. <laughs> For sure. I'm dead. I'm dead. But man, you're you're crazy. You're like you're like this crazy character in New York City nightlife that I've never met before because you know I've been working in nightlife in New York City for six years now. Um, and Laban, obviously, you get all kinds of characters. I've worked at. The Back Room, which is a speakeasy down the Lower East Side. I've worked at a tavern in Murray Hill. I've worked at Pastis. Um, where else have I worked? I don't know. I've worked at other other joints. I'm working at obviously, I know you, you tra- obviously came from Travel Pastis Bar right now. When you came back right now. When I came back to yeah, Levon, yeah. Right before we met, I remember when you got hired, like the guys talking about, oh, we're bringing, we got Kyle. Everybody was so <laughs> excited to have you on. You know how like... Uh, how the directors get when they have a hire that they want one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, do I know this Kyle guy? And and then we met shortly after. But now that I, I don't know, I just came to mind. But yeah, yeah, it was crazy because I've been, I had been working there for about four yeah, and a yeah. half years and I never knew who you were, never saw you around. I don't even honestly know how you got in there because of Mishu maybe, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess because you did, before the pandemic, you were in Boom Boom Room. Right, I was in both. Yeah, so I would work at Boom Boom, uh, like during the uh, winter and fall, and then I would work at Le Bon during the spring and summer. But for that, but before the pandemic hit, though, I barely worked. I worked one month that entire year, two thousand nineteen. So that might have been it, really, because I've yeah. I've been a frequent there. I want to say towards yeah, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Up until now, and like it—it's it, so funny. Um, what you've been in the city six years, yeah. working right, and and for me, kind of similar. Um, after college, it was, I would spend like my summers on Fire Island. I kind of was ra- I was raised in Dykeman, mm-hmm. um, New York, and so the bottom half of New York was like kind of a new world to me, mm. and I went around. Uh, like co- uh, college in Cortland, Fire Island in the summers. And then at 25 years of age is when I decided to like really get into New York City nightlife, mm-hmm. or at least nightlife downtown. And Lebanon was one of the first places I go to. And it was funny enough for a Suzanne Barsh night. Yep. And the first night I go to that, I like cracked my head open, like my introduction to fighting some guys right around on 14th and and washington um i was with i was with a, a friend who was like hooking up with one uh, at the time this kid named gold was a staff member there or a you'll edit it later a kid who was a staff member there to yeah yeah, anybody. yeah. Um, <laughs> who was a staff member there and they're hooking up on the corners like 4 30 in the morning i'm just waiting to find like waiting for this kid to decide are you going home with him or are we going to find a place to eat and then these two dudes just like 
goons approached him, like yelling out, um, you know, the f words him, you know, faggots him. You'll bleep that out too. Oh. Not to empower it, and like are beelining towards him, and I just start fighting these two guys like to protect them. That's crazy. Got knocked out, <laughs> cold, <laughs> and cracked my head open. But but Shit. the guys were safe. They weren't the fighting type. Let's let's say they they, they weren't the fighting kind of queens. Right. Um. But then that was my first, and I knew nobody. And then like two weeks later, it was July fourth. I go and couldn't get in because the line was so crazy. And, like, I didn't have the connections I have now. Right. And, like, I'll, I'll tell you, Kyle, that was the start of me in nightlife. Because wow. I was on the line and I told <laughs> myself, I'm never waiting on the line like this again. Left that day. The next um, week is when I, like, went up to Harry, like, made an introduction, started speaking to him, and then got cool with the rest of the staff from there on out and truly spread my network out from, you know, the standard Wow. To where it is now. That's fucking Which is still fire. growing. It's not much, but it's something that means a lot to me. Which is really crazy, and you can clearly see that you're on the right path for, you know, what you want to be doing or what your life is coming to be because you and Harry are, like, fucking brothers. Like, I swear to God, if you guys didn't, like, if it, if I knew that you guys weren't actual brothers and somebody came up and met the two of you, it's like, these dudes are brothers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is so crazy. Yeah. And... um that's 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 really crazy. So that was in 2017. 17. Yeah, I want to say 17. 2017. And since then, you've been freaking doing all this other shit. You've been, uh, you know, a concierge in yeah. New York City, which is really fucking something new for me to even come across in New York, which I think is really unique for this podcast and for every like our listeners because I've been working in nightlife at Laban and all these other great places and I've never met a concierge. You know what I'm saying? So that's a very like niche thing that you're doing and which is which is really interesting because your job essentially you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can, you know, tell me and sorry, I don't know why this keeps stopping. You can you can tell me um and tell everyone listening exactly like exactly what you're doing and, and more about what you do, but you bring people to and, and you talked about this before we started. You're either bringing people to, you know, restaurants or clubs and setting them up and working with the promoters and working with the people at the door and the managers. And you're kind of planning these people's nightlife experience in New York. Am I wrong? Yeah, um, that's definitely. So I, I operate under the name Open Door Collaborations. Open door. It's, um, and yes, concierge is absolutely it's probably my favorite uh stream of income my favorite service um you know you get to pick and choose you meet good people and like in nightlife you meet guys that are out and oftentimes like I, a lot of my clients start like for example be at Laban you'll see somebody like at, in a tight spot at the bar um obviously I get um, service a little faster than the average Joe thanks to how uh, great care I get from you guys and you know if I see some you know a couple at the bar that's really been polite and waiting for you guys you guys get so overwhelmed sometimes um, yeah. and like I don't help with it you know when I come to the side <laughs> of the bar and I, you know well, I'll, I'll just say hey let me buy you a drink and like that's how right. I really meet these people just through like normal interactions and then most of the time, you're meeting somebody that's well-to-do 
really good person, and then I tell them what I do, and from there on out, like, if I meet a guy with his girlfriend the next week, I'm setting them up at one of the restaurants in my network for a date night, or, like, you know, guys hit me up specifically. The concierge is it's so cool because you get so many different scenarios where it could be um, a group of guys that want to go out and, you know, get a big dinner and then hit a club up. And like you said, you know, I, yeah. I, what club do you want to go to? I don't know a guy in all of them. That's the ultimate goal. But I'll yeah. tell you either uh, something similar or I'll do my best to know somebody that knows somebody, reach somebody that knows somebody. And set up an itinerary for a set person of uh, people. Or it could be as simple as like a date night where a guy has an anniversary dinner or um, and wants to look like the man. And I'll call the manager at one of the restaurants that I work with and tell him, hey, look, act like you know this guy. Don't give him a bill at the end. Like really, <laughs> those personal little... T- but that's what sets me apart. Because you can... what the, That concierge, you can do that on you know one of these apps. What's it called? Like... Uh, open table or whatever those apps are called yeah. you can reserve a table yeah. but just that extra touch of uh you know feeling special you know that which does exist especially in Manhattan that elitism of feeling <laughs> yeah, for sure like you're the man that's kind of what i add but besides that event curation um you know, I, I love working with artists specifically that have like cool events in their head that they want to put together they tell me what they want I cold pitch venues um, and work with artists and influencers to bring some of these events to life. And yeah, that's. that's and, h- and how the heck did you get started in that? Um, so, Floralise uh, Event Decor, um, shout out to them, Elias Panago. Uh, I worked for them while I started going out in nightlife, and they're essentially a a floral decoration company. Mm-hmm. Um, they've worked with the Rainbow Room, La Bernadette, you know, uh, done decorations for Polo Bar, wide, you know, notable venues. And I was basically a glorified assistant, which I was probably the worst assistant of all time, <laughs> you know, besides, like, I could write a hell of a good business email. Um, but <laughs> aside from that, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into in floral decor. But... What my boy taught me, which was priceless, was, you know, I I was seeing him pay uh, or or deal with people referring events to him and, you know, him paying a commission to them simply for, like, referring a client for a wedding or a business party or Christmas party, whatever it was. And that's what clicked in my head. Like, hold on, you can do this? Yeah. And that's when I was just starting to build relationships with the people that people cold pitch emails to like uh, uh the directors that we deal with sometimes they never meet the people that are sending them an email to book their venue for an event and i get to t- you know go out to lunch and dinner with these people just cuz we want to see each other so that's kind of yeah. how I, yeah so that's how i kind of got into that and understood how easy it was and once again that I have the personal, uh, I'm within reach of these, these people. It's not so much a cold pitch or an email swinging for the fences. Like, I can really sit down with these people and ask for the favor to get this business done. Mm-hmm. But um, but in general, aside, like we said before this, aside from that 
you know, as a fan, like, I love New York City nightlife. Like, love <laughs> everything about it. It's evolved yeah. in the five years that I've been heavily involved. It's evolved so much. Yeah. Um, the history of it, you know, when you think about um, Limelight and, like, those tunnel and those kind of clubs that we never got to mm-hmm. go to, but you hear so much of and, like, what impact it had on nightlife now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to me like i truly take it to heart to kind of at least uphold some kind of integrity with nightlife even as a party goer like Mm -hmm. there is a certain etiquette to party yeah for sure for sure it's not a lot of people know i feel like not a you know (laughs) that's exactly why we have this podcast brother (laughs) you know i'm gonna be bringing on the bartenders we're gonna be talking about that shit talking about the etiquette talking about how to fucking go out what well, question for you, like, I, I say this, and I see it, like, uh, I, once again, I'm sometimes, like, a part of the problem when I, like, skip, <laughs> you know, go to the side of the bar and ask for my drinks, and then you have... I don't really care, some, though, because you did it right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, you have some patrons when, I mean, like, what's your biggest pet peeve? For Especially for me, like, I'm not the man at every bar so i might as well know <laughs> what not to do like when i'm trying to get a bartender's attention like yeah. i feel like every bartender is different with this because but like what's your pet peeve when you have somebody at the bar waiting for a drink and you're hustling your ass off between a hundred different waiting customers it's all about creating a relationship it's all about creating a relationship i don't care the right way i, I don't care I could be slammed as fuck. I could have five people deep at the bar all waiting for drinks. You know, I might be taking up, you know, like, for example, at Le Bon, you know, if I'm at Well One, which is the closest to the dance floor, you know, you have 12 feet of bar space, you know what I mean, to take up. You know, you could have nine people across in front of you, right, and two or three lines of nine people right you could be three deep you know so 27 people just in front of you at that well and if you came over just as long as we have a good relationship like you don't like overstep your boundaries you're not coming behind the bar you're not fucking being annoying like you have a good relationship with us as people you know what i mean so like no matter how busy i would be you know if I can help you, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to, like, I'll I'll turn people down and tell them to wait and be like, yo, just one second. I got to do some stuff. I'll come right back. And I'll come, you know, I'll come try and help I'm you so out lucky. as soon as I can. You know what I'm saying? But it's all about creating a relationship with the bartender as, like, as good people. Because there's people that come to the bar, like Laban, and think that they can just get all kinds of free drinks and do all the shit because they know, they might know, you know, Mishu or somebody at you know the name dropping you know. is my like that's like I name dropping name, name dropping is the worst I hate the name drop I, you know and me I, I not just there some places and you, you know venues like this go through staff so often often where um, sometimes I don't know the new bartender and they don't know me and like I'm a, I might be already intoxicated and I, I I'll, I'll introduce myself before I make any you know I, I guess you know cocky request yeah, yeah how yeah. else to put it uh, <laughs> yeah. for lack of better words but yeah. um it's it's nuts cause 
even me, like for as entitled as I may be, whether despite the relationships that I've built, you do have to take those personal steps with every single um, individual. Like, yes, like of course. It's, it's like it's. I, I hate when people forget that. I mean, like, it, and that's like a, a big thing. If we could touch on this, like. I don't uh, bottle service, for example, is New York City nightlife thrives on it. On the even more so, I think New York City. When you think of going back to the history of it, I think Peter Gation says, you know, it was like hip hop that started the bottle service thing. When you know guys like Diddy would go to tunnel and at, pay for whole bottles of champagne that wasn't like offered, they would mm -hmm. just like want the whole thing mm -hmm. and that's what created the service mm. and like that's what it, how it's okay a business opportunity from the eyes of an owner oh they want this let's up you know charge them for it they got the money for it and do it yeah and then now it turns into you know what we see today where it's you know that's why i love leban specifically you know not i have nothing against the uh Tao groups i love spots like little sisters um but, like, most of the spots are, you know, catered to guys that just want to spend money and, like, stand on the couch. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. don't know how to speak to... Yeah, don't know how to really speak to uh, um, to women or... Totally. You know, it, it kind of a uh, this hyper-masculine atmosphere, which I get... I, look, I get it. Totally understand the allure, but... Yeah. I think, for example, you like the McKittrick Hotel, which you just touched on, to go out, that's not your only option. You know, you, you have well-curated events with people that truly want to dance. Of course. Um, with, uh, you know, actual decor, production value. It's not just glitter and sparkles in the champagne. Of course, and, yeah. Um, do you go out in Brooklyn often? Mm, not really. No? No, I, not really. I, Every I now love, and then. I love Brooklyn Mirage, what they're doing. I haven't even been there, and I have friends no? that work there. Really? I've had friends that have worked there since, like, 2018 when they opened. We're going next summer. I, I think <laughs> that's – no, listen. That – I think that they are the first to, like, solve the issue of how you get everybody in the same room. But – the one thing that they have that you can't get to that level in New York is real estate. Like course, that size yeah. of a venue, they built a floor plan that can you can put the guys that want bottle service that just want to be there for like Instagram purposes um, <laughs> to the side. Okay, and then you have this you know big GA pit that puts everybody that truly wants to dance and soak in the music. You have that area, and then they have a whole lot of pockets for you to smoke in and, and talk and go to a quiet area when you need a breath of fresh air, or, yeah. um, you know, water stations, which, you know, is okay. very, people forget how important water is in nightlife. Oh, but you know my that. God. yeah, for sure. But, like, they figured it out, and um, which is cool because in New York, what do you have in the summertime once everybody in Manhattan goes to the Hamptons, like, <laughs> goes out east into Nantucket or whatever? <laughs> I don't know, man. I spend my time in, in Manhattan, you know, during that. You know, I think it just we depends on what kind of, like, crowd you're in. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously tons of people go out to Long Island and, and the Hamptons and Montauk and shit like that. 
I love being in the city during summer. See? I fucking love it. I love eating outside. I love being on the, all the rooftops. Oh, all that shit. Outside? I mean, come on. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you don't like it. You're like, I'm not riding with you on that one. <laughs> no, I hate it. Unless it's rooftop. Like, rooftop, yes. But street, man. Like some I, of them are similar sketchy. Curbside is, like, a little rough for me just because, I mean. He's too fucking posh now, guys. Nah, I mean. He goes out to fucking Montauk <laughs> and Fire Island and Long Island all the fucking time. Now, you can't eat on the street. Well, not, Look at this man. I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't go out east last summer because I was, no, you said, I didn't go out east last summer because I wanted to be a part of, like, uh, the resurgence of New York. Because yeah, okay, we really yeah. started, what, we st- <laughs> the end of June yeah, was yeah. when we were kind of allowed to start partying full force again. And even then, for yes. a better part of the summer, we yes. had to, like, sit down. Um, you know what's crazy? They opened up New York for gay pride. Yeah, that's the only reason for New York City <laughs> fucking opened up their doors. Nuts. Gay pride. They knew it was going to happen. Yeah, well, they, they knew they it was going to happen either Which way. Which now the community here is... <laughs> but also, nobody wanted to miss out on that money, though. Yeah, I mean... Because gay men spend money. And what you just said is... You just said is true. It was either, you know... Happily take their money, or they will party on by them. Fuck it, like they would have hit the streets on their own. <laughs> yeah, just put sparkles and glitters on their uh, and glitter on their mask. Yeah, and like hit the streets. You know, Stonewall did the fuck out. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, it, oh, it was. A, I, I think that it was. That was the best way to open up now that I look back on it. I actually, I came back. I was going to stay in the Dominican Republic for a couple of weeks. And then Madonna got booked um, At for the Boom Boom Boom. Right. And the guys told me about it. I'm like, I have to fucking be there. And <laughs> it ended up being a great party. It was very sceny. It's fucking wild. You know, it was like the first, you, which like, obviously we won't name drop for the, the sake of the future of your, <laughs> the success of your podcast and the guests that you might have in the future. But, like, yeah. there were a lot of celebrities, like, people that you see on TV, like, liberal news <laughs> people that were on TV talking about following guidelines were at Madonna's party, you know, rubbing cheeks yeah. with the rest of us. Yeah. Like, it was... It was, it was like the opening up of New York. You're right. Crazy. You're right. I mean, anybody, I mean, everybody wanted to be in that fucking room that night. When do you get Did you to get to see what outside looked like? When? No. It was like Madison Square. Bro, it looked like if people were going to Madison Square Garden. Oh, my God. To watch her play. I can't even believe that. Like, it, it was it was madness outside. Um, That's crazy. thankfully, thankfully... You know, the guys running um, the spot have dealt with everything. It got a little rough at a certain point, but, like, the damage control was... But you guys dealt with entitlement galore that oh. night. Yeah. If I remember yeah. correctly. But everybody was everybody was in good spirits, though. But, of course, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got all the queens there, you know what I'm saying? And everybody, and, I mean, it, it doesn't even matter if they're queens, but, like, everybody in that crowd, that scene, for sure, definitely, definitely have uh, that that sense of entitlement, for sure. 
And there were so many people there that were like regulars that, you know, come there a lot who I've known for a long time that came in who uh, whom I love. Some of them will be on this the show. Um but yeah, it was quite the experience. I mean, I'm not like a huge Madonna follower or fan. Like I know you know, obviously I know Madonna, like yes, you know, I know her She's presence. An icon. I know her presence, I know her yeah. Uh, yeah, her as an icon and everything like that. Uh but you know, to be bartending and standing Ten feet away from her was was cool. It wasn't like a life changing thing but for me, but for a lot of people, it was a life changing <laughs> thing. You weren't standing ten feet away from. You were literally. Cause she danced. <laughs> she danced above me. She yeah. danced and shaked her titties <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. she, she grinded. Probably, like, she did grinded. a roundhouse kick over your head. <laughs> she was yeah. She was doing cartwheels over me. She was grinding against the wall. That was a little that weird. Was, that, <laughs> was, that was a little odd. That was a little weird. I was weird. up here on the... <laughs> You're grinding against the liquor shelf right now. I don't know how to feel about it, but... Which the highlight of my night, which he's a, a free... He loves the standard as a Catronada. Oh, yeah, dude. And, and yeah. he's been at... Uh, he was uh, spending that night in Le Bon, Le yeah. Le bon right after. Oh, yeah, yeah, right after. Yeah, sorry. And then she went... She, like... Took the crowd with him, danced her ass off. I, like, I, I didn't even hear about that until I saw it on the internet. But like a couple days later, I'm like, hold on a second. In. She was in the bond dancing in there, and you I was guys fucking cleaning my yeah. shit up. <laughs> what the? You fuck? guys had breakdown. I'm like, why am I not in there dancing with Madonna? I, I, I respected her for that part of the because she could have left. That was she, fucking like, fire. She danced her ass off, man. It was. Um, Were you in there when it was happening? Yeah, I, I was. I definitely was. I was very drunk, and you know me. I always have. I always have my pen on me. And like, I asked. I forgot who was bartending <laughs> for a piece of paper. And like, I wrote her. I I can't to this day. I can't remember what I wrote to her. But like, I wrote her a note on, a, on the back of like receipt paper, and like gave it to her. And oh, I walked my. away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was. Needless to say, I was hammered. <laughs> Hammered. That's a move, though. Yeah. I, what did it say? Did it say, come to my manger? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I only know that now. I'm taking, I only... I just, come to my I just got that line. Address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me That'd that. That'd have been epic. I, don't, so I really crazy. don't know what I wrote, but I, I wrote her that. That's fucking great, though. I mean, you're you're so cool. Like you're like me. Like you don't really get starstruck by like you know celebrities and shit. Which that just means you know you're putting yourself in the right place and you hold yourself to the right standard. And at the end of the day, you know we're people. Yeah, man. You know, I, I love that about you. It's it, I think, and I I appreciate that, bro. It just goes to show how we we take this industry seriously. For sure. You know, yeah. part of that is knowing that at any given moment you're going to see and that's like the most interesting thing is uh, anybody could be a person of prominence depending on you know who you're asking um and you know with with the friends that i have i have friends who are like um you know youtube youtubers and um influencers and podcasters and what you guys will deal with like after you have one faithful listener uh, a viewer, you walk in the street, see said per that that person, and that if you can influence somebody's life in any way, it's very hard for them not to get starstruck. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. with an art industry, you kind of no, you you build this resistance to it because you're catering to the evening no matter what. Like yeah, and you still have 
a whole bunch of other people that you have to serve mm-hmm. and that you have to cater to. So like that, aside from just being um, New Yorkers, it, 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 it is necessary to conduct yourself in like, it, yeah, like as anybody else. For that's sure, what they for want. sure. So that's like the that's fucking anybody. professional thing to do anyways. But also at the end of the day, like if you put yourself in their shoes and you're like, okay, I'm famous, I, you know, all these people fucking know who I am. I just want some real fucking people around me. You know what I mean? I want like a real person, especially if this person is taking care of me. Like if they are, you know, if this person is my server, my bartender, like I just want to have a fucking good time. But the problem is with celebrities and people that are known is their ego. You know what I mean? It's so it depends on the celebrity for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's those there's those celebs and uh, you know that like just got that thing about them where it's like you should treat me this way, you should you know this this and that, and then like they they block you out. You know whoever the fuck you are it doesn't even matter, which I understand as well. But I sometimes don't. that <laughs> sometimes that ego thing is just crazy. The, you know what the I'm Met Gala after party took me from like the couple oh. parties I went to. I was like in one of them. It was. Bro, I was taking shots with I was taking shots with fucking Marlon Wayne's and fucking Michael B. Jordan back in 2018 at the at the, yeah, like the, at the those Met are the Gala humble party. experiences. And then you see like that's like parties like that are a little different because the entire room is first of all the, like the idea of a guest list. Those are the only parties left in New York where like the guest list is it's, the guest list, right? You're not yeah. gonna get in there. You're literally with not me. Getting I in. get in off the strength of my relationships, and I still have to like it's the one time a year where like I have to wait. Till they say, all right, it's now it's okay to come, which is understandable. Right, right. Um, but then, then you, what surprised me was, and once again, not, you have like, uh, like this year, there was an actor, a young actor, who like wanted to be roped off from the rest of the room. Everybody's a celebrity in that room. You know, everybody just came from the same event. Literally. And why are you asking to be roped off? Like, I think that's a little condescending and even, uh, you know, I don't know who it was, but I have a guess. It's, it's, you know, not, it's. Starts with the Tim Angela Chalamet. I'll be the one to expose him. Yeah, that was, it was weird to me. Yeah, it was and crazy. Somebody he, explained to me later on, how, how he's like, he is a, like a born and raised New Yorker. So for him, it's kind of like, like that, that's where the ego is born from. Just yeah. Like, but still, you know, you're in a room with your contemporary. These are people, your colleagues. Uh, for you to want to be roped off from them is just doesn't make sense to me. And like, I don't, I, I don't yeah. know what. Like I said, anybody could be famous to somebody else, like truly. So I don't know what awaits me in this lifetime, what uh, my destiny looks like. But I'll never. I don't care what kind of room I'm. I don't ever want to cut myself off from the raw energy of like my fellow human on any like that's just you know to be it's just i don't know man it does something about it just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me but i there could be of a course reason. it's because you're you're a true person you're, you're like a, you're, you're like a fucking real raw pure soul you know what i mean like i try to be it's 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 just you know what I mean? Like ropes? <laughs> but, like velvet, velvet boom, ropes. Boom room too? Like velvet ropes, bro. And that was the least, this year was the least, was like the least amount of celebs that I've seen at that party. Yeah. 
and we still had a lot of people came early though. It was cool. But it was the funky. one person that I was starstruck by, which this net like rarely happens to me, was fucking PJ Tucker of all people. <laughs> and you talk to those heat. motherfuckers. Let's go heat. I saw yeah. you talking I, to yeah. them. And I, I was just had to. I was like, no. Look, I just had to. I, all I told him, all I, and I never do this. <laughs> I never do this. Uh, we just talked about etiquette, and like I broke the code. But I, I just went up to him. Oh. It was him and Rudy Gay, uh, yes, and I'm a Heat yeah. fan. So and he yeah. just signed to the Heat like a few weeks before that. Right, right. And I was just like, hey, bro, three and D. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to it. Like, I really hope we get out. I, I want us to get a chip. I hate the city of Miami. Love the Miami Heat with all my heart. Um, and um, but and for me, I'll tell you this just to go back on this. I was starstruck that night, Julia Garner. I have oh, okay. the first person in my life. I don't take selfies. With myself, I don't take selfies if I'm dating a girl. I say no, thank you. I don't. I took. I let my mother take one selfie a year on her birthday, and Julia go. I don't. Something hit me, bro. It felt. It felt like I did E. I was like, I was like, oh my. I have such like. I she's like such a natural beauty and um, her acting like the range with her acting is, is so crazy. Yeah, and I just had to go up to her and tell her and like. After I regretted it because later on in the night, um, Megan Rapino, yeah, Megan Rapino was that, and her and I ended up like uh, um, Rapino or Rapino. I'm not Rapino, sure. I think. Rapino. I think it's I don't Rapino. know. I, I just met her that night. I didn't even know much about her till then. But like, I uh, we like danced randomly on the dance floor, and then like I got her some water, and we introduced <laughs> ourselves to each other. And then she like calls Julia Garner over and tells her that you know introduces me to her. And I'm like, fuck! I could have just waited. <laughs> I could have just waited and had a shot. I could have just waited and had a shot at this girl. And there you go. You but, came too fast. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> two pump, three, two pump shooter on that one. I, I couldn't damn. hold it. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. That man. is hilarious. You know what's really funny is when I saw it, you fuck you fucked with my head twice that night. First, it was P- talking to PJ Tucker and fucking Rudy Gay, and the only reason I love PJ Tucker is first of all because I love his, the way the, his game. I love his game of basketball. Fucking love him. Secondly, he helped my Milwaukee Bucks win the championship. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? And I was crying that fucking day when they won. I was fucking crying because I... I was fucking crying because I've lived in Milwaukee for seven years. I'm not a huge Bucks fan, but I've I've gotten to become a great Bucks fan because of Giannis, obviously, and I want them to win. They're like my hometown team. But they were so fucking bad all the years that I lived in Milwaukee. Small and they've had market no, problems. They've had nobody forever. Yeah, small market. Since like Ray Allen, Michael Red. Yeah, Michael Red was Michael like Red the was guy. Like the, yeah. And then we got Brandon Knight. And that was like, oh shit, we got Brandon Knight. You and know what I mean? But And Brandon Knight was like the best player on the team for several years. But anyways, we'll get off. Yeah, you said we'll, PJ we'll, Tucker and we'll, what else? We'll get off, we'll yeah. get, we'll get off <laughs> the, <laughs> the basketball <laughs> rant. But you've talked to PJ Tucker and Rudy Gay, and I was tight. PJ Tucker was the only person I wanted to speak to in that entire room, that entire night. I'm like, I want to go over and just say thank you to this man, especially because of the way that he celebrated at the parade. He had a fucking huge <laughs> bottle, huge magnum bottle of champagne. Dogs. Just fucking pour. Yeah, my dog. These are my dogs. And when they fucking got rid of him, I'm like, what the 
fuck are they doing? Well, he just chased the money. Yeah. Right thing. And a good I mean, team. Yeah. But no, number sure. two. But anyways, yeah. Number two was when you went back to talk to Megan Rapino, uh, Rapino because I actually had a great oh, conversation. I had a great conversation with her the entire night. So you saw, uh, you know, it was, her and I she's were like, so nice. She's man. cool as fuck. I, 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 she's cool as fuck. So pro- you know, you know the name definitely um, rings a bell. I'm not a soccer fan, hence you know we mispronounced her, her last name. But what I can say about her after, and it's just the the energy that I uh, I I live off of. Great human being, great person. Um, it was so funny. Like it was like we danced for like five seconds. We both just you know a little wavy on the dance floor, mm-hmm. and you know me, I f- I like be by myself and I'll just like dance around yeah. just because I want to. And then we just happen to uh, dance for a second, and then I go up to her and I said, um, "Let me get you some water." And she said, "Does it look like we need water?" <laughs> and I'm like, well, you and I both know. I'm like, you and I both know the dance at the rate that you're going. You got to stay hydrated. And she was like, true. <laughs> and it was like, and then after that, it was just such a genuine. Uh, she was very nice. Didn't. It wasn't until maybe when you guys were breaking down. Maybe you told me um, exactly who I was speaking to. Yes, um, I did. I did. Yeah, I wasn't I did. Like, fully aware. Yeah, her red suit was fly too. But um, yeah, she did look dope. Um, but yeah, I wasn't fully aware of it. Yeah. Great human being, man. She's Fun cool. person. She's cool. And it's kind of funny because during that time or a little before the Met Gala, she was like really, you know, making like headlines across, you know, you know, she was making headlines for, um, saying, uh, like, she's like a big activist for women to be paid the same amount of money and everything like that. For the, for the U.S. team and all this kind of shit. And um, there were some other things that she was talking about and, like, you know, um, speaking up about. And I didn't agree with her on everything that she was saying and yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of funny that I see her. She comes to the bar. I serve her and her friend. She's being super cool. She's really, like, a grounded, just a real person. Like, zero ego. Yeah. You know, zero ego for as big as an international superstar that she is. Like, she's been on the national team for, what, fucking 16 years or something like that? Yeah. Like, the most known besides maybe Alex Morgan. Like, her and Alex Morgan are the two, you know, known soccer players for the U.S. Um, But, uh, yeah, she was she was just super cool. We had a really fucking funny conversation. I was literally, like, just going back and forth with her on jokes and then her friend, you know, whatever. So it's kind of funny that you and I – that entire night both had those same interactions like you <laughs> interacted with I megan was, you were who i was having me, a great God. time i know i'm like i'm like fuck i wish i was out there right now and he's talking to pj tucker and then at the end of the night he's talking to megan i'm like oh he's gonna steal me he's gonna steal megan from me <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, honestly they like i'm pretty sure <laughs> It was funny because then everybody gravitated to Rihanna's party after that, and um, I was gonna go meet my friends there, and of course, like I got emotionally blackmailed, to st- which is if emotionally blackmailed, yeah, it's, you know me. I don't think, I don't think, and you you've worked in many many uh, establishments in many places. Have you ever seen uh, somebody who isn't staff? Uh, stay post shift, like while you guys break down as much as I do. No, like I, I'm like I don't know what it is, bro. I'm I'm like really, 
No. I, I, yeah, I like love staying there with you guys. You do. Um, At first, I'm like, who, for, and I'll who say this, is for this everybody guy? who doesn't know, <laughs> the job doesn't stop for these people. Tip your bartenders because <laughs> it does not stop. Like doors shut at four a.m. Yeah, I'm there with these guys till six a.m. as they figure out all their tips, clean the ball, clean the messes we make. Yeah. So like for that, yeah. <laughs> but like I'm just staying there and I still ask you guys to serve me while you're working. <laughs> We're closing the bars like yo, come go do a little bullet, little bullet. Sure, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, I stood there. It was such a fun night already where I'm like, man, I had like my shit. And then I I still ended up at somebody's condos after party with like seven in the morning. I was everybody was waiting for that Met Gala, I feel. I was yeah. and the three parties that were on it was Rihanna's, um, LeBain's and I think Justin Bieber's. Those are the three parties I th- I think it was Justin Bieber. And they were like you could watch out the window from the standard and see Rihanna's party. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you could see the crowd, like people trying to get in. Um, was it up and down again? I, I'm not sure. I don't think it was up and down. I think it was a venue. If, no, no, no. If anything, it was oak, not up and down. Yeah, I mean, up and down hasn't been open, but I mean, if, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't. I forgot the venue. But either yeah. way, it was whatever. One of those magical New York City nights. Yeah, hell yeah. That for week sure. was was odd with. Um, the Lacoste party was crazy. Oh my that was the Lord. crazy party of that of that fashion week. That was the Fights craziest shit ev- I've ever. I like I f- my friends was the rumble in the elevator. I like I was there for that little rumble in the elevator. Blake Griffin was there, like helping hold people back at yeah, the Blake door. Yeah, Blake Griffin separated. Motherfuckers were fighting everywhere. A dude got hit over the head with a bottle, a Grey Goose bottle, and the crazy part. The crazy part about that was that I that was Anita, Anita's boyfriend. Anita is this gigantic, gigantic Latin superstar. She's I believe she's from um, Brazil, and I was actually talking to her hairstylist, um, and we were having a great conversation and hanging out all night. And then that party got fucking crazy, and that's when he got hit over the head with a fucking bottle. The DJs are just blowing out the fucking speakers. There's 3,000 people. I thought people were going to come behind the bar and start stealing shit. I was going to close down the bar because I didn't I didn't feel safe. Bro, I was literally going to close down the bar. Like, yeah, make remember. that my call. I was like, I went around to the bartenders. I'm like, yo, we got to shut this shit down because this shit's fucking crazy right now. And it was a quick, it was nuts because after it, I, so I didn't see any of that. What I saw was the aftermath when it was still going down in the elevator, which Blake Griffin was 100%. Damn, I, I, I feel like... Put him I on feel, trial. I, I feel, no, no, I, no, no, no. I feel like, we're, we're like um, this is our resume for TMZ. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Blake, I'll, co- I'll give him all the... Uh, um, I'll give him his roses. He really was adamant on diffusing the situation. Yeah, like putting his body... You're a professional fucking athlete. You shouldn't be putting your body in the way Hell of no. these things. And, like... But he's the only person big enough and strong enough there to, like, separate the kids that were trying to get in the elevator, which they really... The guys were trying to go at it. I guess he just knew people in both parties. So he was able to, like, be that divide. Mm-hmm. 
and I was helping him out in the elevator because Harry was stopping another fight on uh, um uh, you believe that <laughs> Harry was stopping <laughs> another fight uh at the door between Boom and Boom Laban. And Laban, yeah. And because one of our security guards was getting was, fucked was up. Have, yeah, it was like just drunk dudes. It was and then even in Boom later on in the night, thank goodness I wasn't there. One thing that a friend of mine, um, another influencer, like this is a whole section of influencers, mm-hmm. got her phone snatched out of her hand by like another influencer, once again, Egos, who thinks he's hot shit. Of course. And um, because he thought she was recording him, she was just like recording the vicinity. And like, you know, I see something like that. I'm going to be, and then I'm the wrong person in that venue. But to see something like that, because I'm gonna get away with what I, you know, it's, people know I don't react like that. It yeah. isn't justified. You don't. Something was in the air that night. Yeah, it something, was crazy. What the, what the, it was. It, 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 was, was, it was. It was absolutely crazy. And just, I want to make this clear for everyone that's listening. This is the Fashion Week 2021 party for Lacoste. I don't think. I mean, they definitely did not Maybe plan this Lacoste. shit. It was one of the. It was Lacoste. Parties. It was Lacoste. One thousand percent. I don't think they knew what the fuck was gonna. I mean, obviously they didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen. But the weird part is that I didn't see anybody from Lacoste even there the entire night, which is just confusing to me. I'm like, what's going on here? I haven't seen one person that works for Lacoste. If they did, they were here the first fucking hour, mm. not when literally the boom boom room was full jam-packed with like 500 people there's police outside fucking people are literally trying to like bulldoze that might be it though after a certain point and i'll say this from like the events that i curate after a certain point you there that's what the venue is hired for you know if if, if it's like they were in charge of security they're not they don't have the walkies to security and so maybe after like the first you know, issue, they went outside to fuse that and that, like, consumed, like, whatever their manpower was. Because how many people are you really going to have working for your fashion week party? After, like, your event planner and, like, your staff, that like, everybody's drinking and, like, involved in the party. Nobody's really going to be actively engaged. That's what the venue is for, I feel. You know, to play devil's advocate <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, no, I you get know, that. I mean, they were literally just throwing a party, which I understand. But, but, also but it was out of control. And... I remember at one point that but night. How did it get so fucking ratchet? Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, keep on. You remember you know, at one point at that I, night I what? Say, uh, Fanito, Chief Keith. Um, I swear, <laughs> this is, and this has to stay on. Um, <laughs> when you do your, this has to stay on. Um, one thing I do remember. This, when you, the only way to embrace a ratchet situation. In New York City, at a party, is to play Finito by Chief Keef or Computers by Rowdy Rebel. This, no, listen, I'm so serious. The only way to contain a ratchet vibe, which is a, ratchet can be good. Once it gets to that level, you play Finito by Chief Keef or Computers by Rowdy Rebel. I assure you, everybody's hitting the dance floor 
And it's going to be kind of a moshy feel, but the thing about mosh pits is that they really are, the, like, it's soaked in love. Like, everybody's bumping and pushing each other, but, For like, sure. the music is truly controlling the tempo of that energy. Completely. And I remember after all that happened, for you to ask that, I swear to you, and this was, like, the beautiful thing that came out of all that aggression, was at one point the DJ played uh, Computers by Rowdy Rebel, and then everybody hit the dance floor and like we really yeah. moshed. I have like videos of that where my shirt came off. And then um <laughs> and then what's what's the the baby Keeman Kendrick song? Oh hell yeah, yeah. yeah. They, when that family that ties came on, came on that, that, that was like was, a week old at the time. Oh yeah. And then everybody oh. after that, then the room kind of ASAP Nast would hit the hit the DJ was standing on the Ooh. DJ booth. It was Oh, that was an ASAP dude that was standing on the booth? Yeah, yeah, the lanky dude that was on. Yeah, it was uh, I'm pretty sure that was ASAP Nast. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, uh, I saw that dude. I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, he, he's ASAP. Like, this shit's about to get crazy. Nah, man, but that's what I'm telling he's you. Standing on the so, fucking DJ booth, I'm like, you, oh my god. I I, I love I you. Never I love seen you and anybody and, yeah. do that ever the, in I, that place. You yes, yeah, it's true to get away with it. And um, you know when when you say it, like a hundred percent got ratchet, but. That's I think when we talk about New York, and that's like one of those uh, things that if you ever are in a room that's hitting that like those ratchet feels, the way to control it truly always falls down to music. Just get you the know, people to dance. You, like you know, and it's crazy. I'll never forget. I was involved in helping defuse almost all those situations in some way or another. And then after yeah. everything is like, they put those songs on and everything got fixed. And <laughs> yeah. I remember even after that, I was like, remember you ran out of cups? Yeah. And like, yes. I ran out of cups. And I was like, you know, people this, were scared. We to literally ran out of glassware to even serve people drinks. And, and that this man runs up to the bar. And that's when I started to get nervous because I'm like, bro, I have like. 40 people in front of me that want to drink. I don't even have glassware to give them water. This is where entitlement comes and this is to my advantage. This is where motherfucking <laughs> Jesus steps in like an angel, like a man from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in, he goes, what do you need? Because you also wanted a drink, too. I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did. He's like, bro, I'll go and give you plastic cups so you can start serving me. I'm like, I don't know, man. Find the fucking bar, bar back. I haven't seen him in hours. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I feel like I'm about to get jumped. <laughs> you go and get fucking, you come out of nowhere with like sleeves of plastic cups. I gave one of our bar backs, yeah. And, um... <laughs> I'm, this I'm is in the middle of like the craziest fucking party I've ever bartended in my life. And oh then, my god! But I mean, we—that's a lot of. And, he, I, and you made it. You saved the day. You I mean, literally saved that party. I, I at least got got you to ass. serve me my drink. That ass for real. <laughs> at least got my drink. Now let me ask you this: Let's go because we've been in like ramble mode a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and like the whole night has generally been um, Lebanon. But what other spots? Right. Do you love in New York? I mean, outside of our <laughs> places, but yeah, like what? Where do you? Hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that kind of goes around everywhere, and I have those connections as well with all the bartenders that I know and everybody that works in nightlife. I think in terms of clubs, uh, the box, by far, 
Love the box. I love how weird it gets in there. Love the box. I love how weird. If you are not from New York City or if you're even going to be visiting New York City and you're cool enough or you want to spend enough money to get into the box, your life will never be the same. <laughs> is is the big guy still there? The 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 um and I don't want to give away the you know one of their main attractions, but is like the the big nothing guy still there? Right? The guy that's in the the, the the teddy bear suit. Yeah, I don't know if he's still there, but <laughs> I, I haven't been post COVID. You know, I heard it's fake too. By the way, yeah, from somebody that I mean knows I, I, them. I, I, I imagine I always I never like the pumps or whatever. I don't know. That shit is ridiculous. You ever you, you everyone will have to see that for themselves. <laughs> Special attraction, um, but wh- it's a else? very odd yeah, thing. But yeah, but it's it's amazing. But um, uh, yeah, the box is probably my favorite club. If I didn't, I mean, Laban is one of my favorite clubs by far. Mm-hmm. Um, best view in nightlife, best vibes in nightlife for sure, one thousand percent. Um, other than that, I kind of like bounce around and go to a little, I mean, like cocktail bars and shit. There's just so many fucking so good places in yeah. New York. It just doesn't stop. And it depends on who you're with when you go there because it just, like, that makes the place a thousand times better. Like, either who you know or, like, what company you have around you. Um, like, you know, I like employees only a lot. That's one of my favorite, like, go-to cocktail bars. Um but then, like, I'm not even a fan of Beauty Bar, and Beauty Bar I just go to a lot because I know everyone there because my friends DJ there, and, like, it's just a fun fucking time, and it's a kooky, weird place. Like, a lot of rock and roll, old-school rock and rollers go there, and that's, like, their hangout. Um, I don't know, though. Really? Like, I've just been fucking bouncing around a lot the last, Have you done like, short year. stories? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know what short short stories is like, but I never go to places that are like bottle pushers or like scene no, types of shit. It's I know. Like I'm not saying capacity. it is. I don't know what yeah, it is. It's like a 95, per, like not even a hundred person capacity spot. Um, funny enough, the first time I was there was for an event uh, for a photographer friend of mine, influencer photographer friend of mine. Uh, Malik Sadibe. Um he was going off to Paris and I cold pitched them and they were very great about uh, sponsoring this event for this kid and we threw a great little curated great little like private guest list party to send him off to Paris for like his first um, like he sells uh, you know making an exhibit of his photography so we like, celebrated that that's, that's how, how I got introduced with that said what I love about short stories of being like a, such a small venue, they do a great job of like turning around and making each night different, mm. like catering to a different kind of people, which is like the one thing before we started this, we, I, I, I told you it's very important uh, that people recognize how vast, well, you know how vast New York is, mm-hmm. but, like, the options that you have in regards to nightlife, in regards to party are, are endless. Crazy. From one Literally block to endless. another. Um, and 
So I respect endless for real. So I respect any venue. Like the thing about most venues is like they kind of take an image and run with it. You know the the theme and run, like that's what you want. Right, right. So I like I like spots that can change up and cater to different people every single day. Yeah, and still maintain. Um, a good uh, a flow of patrons and right and guests. That's kind of like House of Yes. Yeah, I, House of Yes is used to be one of my favorite clubs. Now it's just kind of too well known, and just I think it's like kind of cheesy now. But um, you know they have different every night they do different themes, different theme parties. The venue doesn't change as much, but they will change up what kind of acrobats they have or the decor on the walls. Obviously, the DJs. But um, I think I think House of Yes is fucking sick. Um, and actually, I just had another thought that came to my mind. Uh, Talk to me. One of my favorite clubs now in New York City is the Q. I haven't been. Fucking unreal. What is that? Fucking unreal. It's a gay club. Okay. It's in Hell's Kitchen. I think it's on like 53rd or 40-something in like 8th or 9th Avenue. I went there on Christmas Day. Uh, unreal. It's like three or four stories. There's like five different rooms. So each room has like a different DJ. Each room is a little bit different. They have like one big dance floor area. They have like the main little bar on like right when you walk in that has a DJ. You go up the stairs. There's like a cool little like kind of small speakeasy kind of feel room with a DJ. And then, yeah, like the the big room. Fucking great. Cause that's what I, that's what I care about. I don't care about who's around me, and it, but the vibes are yeah. great. The vibes are great. Although like I great say people. nobody parties like the Pride community. Like nobody parties like the Pride community, and and they uphold. You know, when you think about it, especially when we talk about the and I, I spoke about this before, and I'll keep. It's a recurring. Um. It, it shapes my ideology, and, it, and people don't realize it. Almost every spot you go to now was inspired by the pride community of New York late like they're the ones who pushed the bar in New York party wise for us to get away with the the crazy parties that are getting thrown now like that was at the end of the day so I I love I'll go to the queue just for just for the sake of seeing it's been like five completely yeah and like you don't have many venues left like that in Manhattan that are five uh like Different that rooms. no hell no there's like nothing like that in maybe i don't even know like that was the first place to me that felt like berlin where you can oh, go to a club <laughs> and you can be in a club for fucking 15 hours or two days however long you want to spend in there because they don't close and they have like 10 different rooms that you can go to where there's a different DJ in every single room and every single room is different and it's just a whole fucking experience. Like you never want to leave. You know, Q was like the closest thing recently that I've felt. I'm jealous, like man. That. I, I haven't, I, I got to go to Berlin this summer for the first time, um, but it was, you know, they were still dealing with uh, COVID restrictions. But I got to go to one cool bar I just I, and I just love the energy. You can tell that at its when it's free to, when they're free. To, you could, you can do anything. It, I say Berlin gave me the vibes of what I imagine like the late uh, 
80s, like the Basquiat, yeah. East Village, Warhol, late yes, 80s 100%. vibes. Uh, that's what Berlin gives me. Super artistic, hyper liberal, you know, very progressive and good, like grungy, but great times. Yeah. Uh, like, I went to Hamburg this, um, I also went to Hamburg this November, bro, and like, the grunge in there was, and I just, once again, you love that five, like you're saying, five rooms, five different DJs, everybody's accepted. 100%. You're, you're making friends, like sharing substances, and like, mm-hmm. not just that, it's the responsibility you, you know, you indulge in whatever you indulge in, where everybody's hydrating each other and mm-hmm. and looking out. Like you don't really see anything bad happen to anybody because strangers mm-hmm. are looking out for strangers just as much as you're looking out for the friends you came with. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Like, that's the partying I live for. Yes, of course. Same here, dog. Same here. That's why That's why I love, yeah, that's why I love Berlin, and that's why I want to create something like that here, you know? What do you see? When you say create, do you mean, like, uh, opening your own spot, throwing parties at venues? What, what's what's your vision? Because I have something similar, but let's hear your vision Possibly first. both. Possibly both. I mean, but you, you, you can take one to the I've other. Def- I've definitely wanted to, like, have my own spot for sure. I think starting a party and curating it is kind of the first step um, and finding the right venue. But, you know, I feel like I'm going to just make a fucking crap load of money and just open some shit up and just have that shit be legendary because I'm sick of just these boring-ass, normal-ass clubs. Like That's why you got to go to Brooklyn, but we both do. I, I'm like... Adam and Brooklyn probably has places that we are overseeing, overlooking because of our loyalty to Manhattan. House of Yes has it a little bit. Like House yeah. of Yes, you can go to the main dance floor, then there's the main bar, and then they have like their outdoor area, and they actually have another little like tiny little room that's just like black. Like, and you feel like you're in like a little black box, and they have a different DJ in there sometimes. Um, so House of Yes is like kind of that joint for me. Um, you know what I think closely matched a Berlin uh, uh, club feel is underneath. Um, there's a there's a venue out in Queens. Knockdown Center. Knockdown Center. Okay. Underneath the Knockdown Center, there's a club down there. Yeah. That shit's fire. Yeah. You are literally like, you feel like you're in a cave. It gives me like Webster Hall. Have you been, did you ever get to see Webster Hall before the renovation? Yes. The f- renovation? Yeah. So like that. You know, when we talk about New York and um, Webster Hall was a rite of passage. If you talk Berlin-esque things, like, you know, like everybody talks about Berlin, like two party people that care about the culture and like you know talk berlin but like webster hall that was where not to promote such things but um that was a rite of passage for checking if your fake id would you know build confidence with your fake id to check <laughs> it. that's where you like um got swindled uh for molly or weed or whatever by a dealer inside the club that's where you went you know <laughs> I- that's where you want to learn how to drink with friends and and realize who your real friends were because some groups will leave their friends behind. Some groups will stick together. Like The things you would see at Webster Hall and they had those, the, 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 the underground club 
and those mm. five different rooms on a, in a very grungy, like cool. super. I me- it was a melting Hall. pot. It was a melting pot, and like, um, I when we talk about, I don't know if it'll ever be possible in Manhattan to recreate that. I don't, and you don't, you know, certain aspects you don't want to recreate. Obviously, you don't want anybody underage in there. Um, you want to be as responsible as possible and as mature as possible. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it, I don't know if you want to recreate that, but uh, you, I would love to see someday, like, like me packing isn't what I was raised or I expected it to be the first time that I went to meat packing. With that said, you still have good venues like common ground. I give them all the credit in the world. Right. Um, they cater to a specific people, and I'm very close with uh, the people that like shout out uh, Lauren and and Brandon Cologne and 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 Chris uh, Rita, who do a great job of maintaining like a fresh environment for the people. That and like, uh, I think it's so cool that you have like a place like Common Ground, a place like Lebade, and then you have. Um, you had like a one note. You, you got towel around the corner. You have th- three different spots within walking distance that show you three completely different <laughs> set of people. Yeah. What venue in Manhattan will challenge us to bring everybody under the same roof again? Yeah, you know, thousand percent. Like that. That's that's kind of where. Like, are we the ones to open it, or do we? Or do we, we do we wait for somebody else to do it? <laughs> I think we are the ones to open that. For real. <laughs> right? And can we talk like, since we're going down that route a little bit, let's talk about like the difference you have seen and you that you know and you've experienced between that uptown shit and and downtown because you're from Dykeman and whoever and, like is listening that doesn't know about Dykeman, Dykeman's up in like the two hundred, you know. 200, 200 street is 200 street and it's it's technically an uncharted neighborhood because it it doesn't show up on a map as as anything more than a street and you hear like <laughs> yeah. i'm from dykeman my neighborhood is dykeman i grew up on yeah. elwood street um but i'm from dykeman anybody that's from dykeman will say dykeman but it's technically technically considered inwood washington heights depending yeah. on what side you're from yeah um, with that said th- it's crazy. Um, I Dykeman basketball tournament in the summer is a hub, attracts some of the biggest stars, mostly hip hop. Once again, when we're talking markets, like it attracts the biggest stars in hip hop. You hear it in like your favorite rap songs, and like a lot of people like hear their favorite rap songs and hear the word Dykeman and don't even know, might not know that this is like really a place you can uh, go to, but. Yeah. The, the biggest difference I see between, like, the clubs in Uptown and Downtown, which I'm guilty being raised and I'm a proud, I'm, I, I'm, I frequent and I'm, my business takes me more Downtown than, and I don't spend enough time Uptown, but uh, uh, shout out GDA and, and uh, Evander, a lot of the guys that I know who are staples to that scene. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. You know, you it's the Latin music, you know, the Bad Bunnies, mm-hmm. um, 
Latin Wells, uh, and you know, you, the genres we're talking about, you go out there, you have to be ready to dance salsa, bachata, um, reggae, reggaeton. Mm. Um, that's the music you're going to encounter there. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, hookah smoking uh, mm. is like, you have to have, if you don't have hookah in your club uptown, it's very likely you're not going to succeed. Um, which I don't know how hard that license is to get nowadays. But That's crazy. Yeah, it's like hookahs. And then, you know, the, the in the summertime, you have the basketball tournament uh, like that brings this big crowd there, and then like, it disperses into these clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I really, I think that's, a matter of fact, let's make it my resolution right now for 2022 to go back to my hood and, and start showing love there now that I've done, <laughs> now that I've done so well f- for myself down here. Like I really yeah. do need to uh, uh, go back to my roots. But it's crazy because growing up, the house parties down there, which is so similar to what's going on, um, the house parties aren't that different to what a club looks like up there. I'm not, like, nothing's that crazy to me down here. Like, I, that's why I'm able to deal with those chaotic, ratchet situations. Yeah. Because to me, that's <laughs> that's just a recipe for a good time if you treat it correctly. Right, right, you right, know, right. Like, right. So I think that's the... Uh, what to expect with the vibe uptown. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go when it gets a little warmer. You said you want to go up there, so I guess you and me will go up. Yeah, the only... Uh, the only joints that I've known up there is like La Marina. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah, man. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't really know nothing up there, man. But like, obviously, La Marina was like gigantic for two years, three yeah. years. People like really pulled up in boats, and and it's a shame. Not to get into it, but you know, it's a shame how the city played a part in its demise. And didn't do it. I I don't believe they did it for the uh, the betterment of the neighborhood. I think that it definitely for all the thing when you think about a, a Times Square because like the issue, like traffic was an issue, um, the traffic it created was an issue. But when you think about a place like Times Square, if you can deal with traffic and like experiment so much to like get that heavy flow of traffic down there fixed, you could have figured it out for a, a neighborhood that needs that kind of revenue that that venue is bringing. But yeah, RIP to La Marina. That, that it, Without La Marina, probably Dykeman wouldn't be where it is today because it is, once again, a true moneymaker. It is a hub uh, uh for the greater New York, not the, for the metro New York, people from Connecticut, any of the surrounding states, New Jersey, any of the surrounding states, um, especially in minority culture, you know, when you think about uh, black and Latino culture, mm-hmm. truly come there to celebrate good times and yeah. spend more money than they have to to yeah. have those good times. But it's fucking worth it. I yeah. do say stay safe. There are, um, unfortunately, there are a few bad eggs and, Things that happen, but you know, it's it's a matter of being around the right people, and and, and sometimes it's just the wrong place at the wrong time. So, like for the bad rep that comes along with Dykeman, it's just uh, 
being as safe as you could possibly, but it's it is a great place to party. It is yeah. the most amazing vibes. You meet the most amazing people. I kind of want to hit on one more thing or two more things here before we lose our natural beautiful light. Um, you have experienced, and you you said you used to go out to Fire Island and everything like that. And you know, I know I haven't been out to Fire Island. Andre Balaz, who used to own the Standard, had his own, you know, uh, like his second coming, like a little like sister bar um, out in, in Fire Island and everything like that. How did you get into that scene? And I don't know if like you were a part of like a big LGBTQ like um, crowd or anything like that. But I know Fire Island is heavily, heavily um uh, like you know, all like a lot of gay guys go out there. Like the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community goes out there a bunch. Um, so kind of how did how did that kind of because so like it sounds pines, from what you were talking about earlier, yeah. you kind of got started like from that kind of area. Yeah, so I, I say in um, this man, uh, I I went out there from Cortland. Because a friend of mine got a summer job bartending out there at a place called Hurricane, which doesn't exist anymore, but um, Hurricane Bar. He invited me out, like, at any point that I wanted to come out and crash with him in the summer. And I, I took him up, like, a couple weeks after the semester ended. He just graduated. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, surreal to me. I had never even heard of Fire Island, and I was born and raised in New York. <laughs> and I go out there, and, you know, it's truly like this little slither of land at the time this is before snapchat instagram all these things are like given away like everybody it was still a well-kept secret to a greater extent mm. at the time that i got introduced to it so um anyway to answer your question i got there and i knew that that was a place like it's still my dream now to own a home there but um i didn't initially go to the pines which is where the lgbtq community um uh throws the best parties in the world mm-hmm. in my opinion but before we get there i go to ocean bay park ocean beach when i'm in fire island okay and that caters more to uh, like day trippers from like south shore long island um it's uh the people that live there is kind of heavily jewish community very uh, uh, a very strong Jewish community who embraced me so beautifully and I, I, I love so many people out there for doing so and it's very fun, wholesome, the kind of place that you can like rage into like four in the morning and then take it to your party house which is a problem for people, people that live there but um, <laughs> the Pines going into that after a couple of years I'd spend my summers there save up, I was working construction at the time so and the places that I go to, Ocean Bay Park, Ocean Beach, the most you'd have is, like, families waiting for, like, their friends or, like, family members coming off the boat to greet them and walk them over to the house. There's no cars on Fire Island at all. So, like, you kind of have to, like, meet these people at the boat and walk or bike, like, bicycle. Oh, like, shit. so there's no cars here. God so damn, I didn't know that. Pines is different. You, you go up. <laughs> and like you just see everybody basically nearly naked like like you hear the music coming onto the wall like as soon as you step off on the any given Saturday Sunday um, like you're walking into the party <laughs> and like it's it's 
incredible. And, um, uh, you know, for me, it, it's probably one of the most important things that, that happened, experiences that I've had in partying there. Just because um, coming from where I come from, you know, you didn't. It's kind of homo. Where I come from, there is a homophobia that you're raised on the hyper masculinity yeah. we touched on earlier. So for me to go there with an open mind, and you, it was the most confidence building thing as a man that I could have. And I, I know that you deal with this. We deal with this all the time. The most yeah. most confidence building thing um, in nightlife is going to uh, a pride party. You know. And having a man tell me how beautiful I am, <laughs> yeah. and you know, rub his hand on my chest, and me saying, you know, politely thank you, wrong tree, <laughs> dog, but thank you very much. Um, uh, and uh. The, but you know that it's cr- like the summer culture there for that community is insane. Best parties, best house oh. parties you're ever gonna get to. It's absolutely liberal. It shows you. The beauty of like you know when you talk about body image and you talking when you talk about uh, loving yourself, um, accepting others and loving others for just what they are, who they are. Oh yeah, completely. Um, even down, even down to like important topics as like when I just told you that as far as consent, you like learn a shit ton through this uh, community on Fire Island, and I'm I'm thankful so much for like what that gave me um you know even before way before Lebanon, before i ever uh, you know knew, knew what a suzanne bars party was i kind of got a crash course there and like i think once you're able to deal with that as um as a straight man whatever you come from if you go there with an open mind you really learn that how important it is to have love at the core of any party. Yeah, like that's the that's what I have to say about uh, the pines like that, the wow. gay community on Fire Island. It's one of one in the world. Like best party community you'll ever go to. Wow. Yeah. About, once again, crazy, so another place man. for us to go to next year. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, bro. for sure. I gotta get out there. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You're gonna reject I'm, a lot of men. I assure you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I've done that many times. I've done that many a time. I want to talk about this pen, bro. You got this pen on you at all times. When you whipped that shit out of your pocket earlier, <laughs> started yeah. laughing to myself. I said, he said, you know, I always got my pen on me. I'm like, no, I didn't know that, but now I do. <laughs> no. I, you know, I'll say this for the camera. This is not the pen I usually have on me. This is my third option. And, like, I, I forgot. <laughs> I usually have a micron. Fine point, point oh one millimeter pen on me. Um, okay, that's what my preference is yep. uh, to write with. But it's very important to this conversation. Actually, and I'm very thankful you asked this before <laughs> we close. Yeah. Drunk or not, whenever we're out, what you will see me with, and I have my notepad in my bag, is I always take like somebody will say something around me. Um, that I don't want to forget the next day. And I kind of never really know how drunk I'm going to get after my first drink. Mm-hmm. So just in case, you know, I, I like you hear something and you, it's memories 
memory is one thing, but you remember things kind of however you want to. So just writing it down just to know that I got it uh. word for word the way that I want to. Or like I see something that I don't want to forget and I want to elaborate on in my journal or write about later on. I'll just put it down in my... No, but also it helps. Like I, I don't write with ballpoints. So like at restaurants, I take my pen out and like I'll, I'll sign for a check with my pen. Um, <laughs> this is as weird as it sounds. It's true. Any... I don't write with ballpoint, you know. Everyone, everyone, sign of a check. Everyone, boy or girl that's ever gone on a date with me knows ah. that this is that this is true. I take this out. This is hilarious. But yeah, it's very important to me. Wallet, it's, phone, keys, pen. Yeah, no wallet actually. For me, it's uh, cash, uh, cards, <laughs> and a rubber band. Cash cards and a rubber band. I like. I don't like wallets. Go. It's just too, it's too formal for me, man. I like the. <laughs> I like speed. Let's get it over quickly. But yeah, this uh, the purpose of the pen has everything to do with nightlife because it it allows me to record. Um, like yeah, I could use my phone, but some things in life I think are important for you to do it in a way that uh, are true to you and like it's it's so classic and a dying thing for me that I'd rather do it that way, and Completely. it means the world to me. I I definitely have written about. Uh, you a couple times oh, in yeah. my notebook. I probably <laughs> without a without a doubt. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Completely there's a big difference between fucking writing something in your phone and really actually writing something with a pen or a marker or something because that's when it's truly coming out of you. You're seeing yourself do that and write that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, imagine it reading not to cut you off, imagine it reading it the next day. And for me that I, I like to say that I have um very specific penmanship, you know, I'm not not the prettiest, but like I have a specific, uh, you know, pretty enough way. when I'm shit-faced and I'm just like chicken scratches <laughs> these things. And it's crazy because like it's, it turns like only legible to, it's like only legible to my eyes. Like anybody else, I'm, like, oh, I'm safe. Like I know exactly how <laughs> fucked up it is that I wrote this, but only I can read it because I was that fucked up when I wrote it. Oh, my so, God. yeah, it's, uh, that's hilarious that's crazy i mean i love writing because um that shit really helps you remember stuff i mean especially for an actor they say you know the best way to memorize your lines is to not only say it out loud but to write it out i used to write out i have like a notebook full of just lines lines that i've tried to memorize for um you know whether it be a play or a uh, you know a short film or whatever kind of film i'm in um or any audition Writing it down always, always, always. And I've gotten away from it. Uh, I've gotten away from writing a lot of shit lately, but I actually picked up my pen uh, probably last week or maybe even like four or five days ago to start writing some more things, just get some thoughts out. It's yeah. completely different when it Does comes it comes from your hand rather than just typing it on your phone or so in any other personal. kind of electronic. Yeah, way more personal. You remember those feelings, you know what I mean? Siri doesn't suggest anything to you after you do it, you know, like, it's <laughs> it's only you and that paper. Yeah. But, um, oh, man, I, I, I 100% stand by our use of the pen and not letting it die. Good. You know, giving ink a market. <laughs> <without. laughs> giving ink a market. <laughs> yeah, you know. But this man's uh, about markets. This is very new to me, but also you made it very comfortable and... As always, it felt like we were closing, like we were breaking down yeah, yeah. and having a chat, you know, at the bar. But <laughs> yeah. uh, this is 
I wish you the best of luck, brother. And this is like, uh, uh, you have a good setup and such a good energy for people to vibe off of and talk about great things and our experiences and the crazy stuff that we see on a nightly basis. Not daily, <laughs> nightly. Nightly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nightly basis for sure. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good that you just said that. I've never thought about that. Nightly basis. Not yeah. the daily basis, the nightly basis. My brother. For sure. Cheers, bro. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, for real. Love your presence, as always. Yeah. Cheers to many more. Let's start fucking writing down some more ideas and uh, yeah. make that shit a reality, huh? They're endless, baby. We'll bring them to fruition one way or another. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. Let's do it. Let's cheers one last time, even though I don't have anything in this cup. But it looks like I do. I'm still going to act it out. Yeah. Oh, I think I've had one too many. No such thing. No such thing. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, bro.